Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Editor White, Kent, and Lois Lane were engaged in a campaign to oust District Attorney Parker from office, with information provided by Ralph Remsen, former assistant to Parker, who had resigned in protest against the DA's crooked policies. A baffling obstacle confronts them now. An invisible man, who, though he cannot be seen, warns them against going through with their campaign. The invisible man has already attempted to blow up the Daily Planet, in which, however, he was thwarted by Superman. When we last saw them, Editor White, Kent, Lois, and Remsen were in the office of the mayor, who had just pledged his support, when the voice of the invisible man warned him to have no part in it. Listen. Don't be misled, Mr. Mayor, into thinking that because I'm invisible, I can do you no harm. Uh, this is preposterous. Look here, you people. Is this some sort of stupid trick you're playing on me? Some joke that I... I wish it were only a joke, Your Honor. That voice you hear is the voice of the invisible man. Ridiculous, Mr. White. There can't be such a thing as an invisible man. It does sound ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, of course, Mr. Remsen. But we know there is an invisible man. I'm afraid Mr. Remsen is right, Your Honor. You see, we've heard that voice before. The first time was in Editor White's office. Yes, and then Mr. Kent and I heard it while we were having dinner in a restaurant. The invisible man actually sat down at the table with us. And now, Mr. Mayor, you hear my voice here in your own office. Incredible. It's some trick. It must be. Trick or no trick, Your Honor, be warned in time. Give your assistance to this campaign against my friend, District Attorney Parker, and you'll regret it. I refuse to be intimidated. I shall certainly give my support to any campaign... Wait, please. In a moment, Mr. Mayor, your telephone will ring. After you have answered the telephone, you will change your mind. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I certainly don't... Oh, Mr. Kent, what are you doing at that closet? What? what right have you, sir, to open that closet and examine the inside? Yes, Clark. What's the idea? Well, nothing, Chief. I was just sort of looking around. Looking for what, sir? Why, I don't know. A dictaphone or, or a... a telephone. Yes, Your Honor, your phone is ringing. Pick it up and answer it. Or perhaps you are afraid. Afraid? Why should I be afraid? Hello? Yes, this is the mayor speaking. Oh, yes, my dear. I... What's that? Yes? Yes? I see. Gentlemen? Miss Lane, I... I'm afraid I must withdraw my support. There is nothing I can do for you. But, Mr. Mayor... Phone call, Mr. Mayor. What was it about? Let me answer that. That was the mayor's wife. She called to tell him that she and her young daughter had just been in an automobile accident. No, she knew all the time. An accident, Mr. Mayor, from which they barely escaped with their lives. 
A truck crashed into that car. Wasn't that it? Yes. That was it. Well, gentlemen, Miss Lane, I... I hope you understand. I'm no coward. But my wife, my little daughter... Well, they mean more to me, far more than any political career. We can't blame you, sir. It's the human thing to do. But that blasted invisible man. Kent. Yes, sir. A little while ago, you mentioned a dictaphone. Yes? You said there might be one concealed in this office. Well, I, I just had an idea that maybe... Your idea must be right. Mr. Mayor, I suggest we search this office and search it thoroughly. If we don't find a dictaphone or some such thing concealed around here, I'll be very much surprised. Mr. White, I think you've got something. Let's start looking for that dictaphone. Mr. Kent. Suppose you search the next office very carefully. Right, sir. Mr. Remsen, you take that little office in there. All right, Mr. Mayor. Miss Lane and Mr. White will help me search this office. It's larger than the others and will take more time. Now, don't spare a thing. Search the closet. Pull up the rugs. But be sure you leave nothing untouched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is very amusing. No, no, Mr. White, not in that closet. <laughs> Why not try the other? If I could get my hands on you. That's pretty, isn't it? Perhaps I'm in the mood. Stand up with you. Shut up. Oh, this is nerve-wracking. Oh, uh, Mr. Remsen. There's a couch in that office you're in. Look behind that. Don't worry, I will. Your Honor, Mr. White. Yes, Lost. I know where the invisible man is. You know? I just saw the shadow of someone out there on the fire escape. I barely saw it, but there's someone on that fire escape outside the window. Lois, if you're right... Come on, White. Unless I miss my guess, this solves the mystery of the invisible man. Oh, wait. I have a gun in my desk. Yeah, there. Now then, White... You throw open the window, and I'll cover whoever's out there with this automatic. Right. All set? Mm, yes. Then here goes. Don't move. You're off fire. Do you hear me? I, I, I... Clark. It's Kent. Well, what on earth are you... Sorry if I've upset you. I was just doing a little investigating out here, and I thought... Never I... mind what you thought. How did you get out on this fire escape? You were in the other office. I, uh... This fire escape doesn't reach to the window of that office. Why, it would take a... Well, a superman to leap across the space between. Uh, well, you see, I I came up from below. I, I went through your office. Well, we didn't see you. Uh, no, no, you were too busy searching the room to notice me. I, I went below to the office under this one, got out on the fire escape and, and came up. And we thought you were the invisible man. And no, no doubt. You see how stupid you all were. That voice. The invisible man again. Will somebody give me a hand through this window, please? Okay, come on. Uh, you and your fire escapes. And his dictaphone, too. Friends, I hope you realize now that I can and do call the turn without the need of mechanical contrivances. I'm sure all of you can see the wisdom of giving up this campaign against District Attorney Parker. I, I don't know what to do. Well, I do. Yes, Benson? I haven't waited months for this chance to put Parker behind bars to throw it away now. I say, let's go ahead with this campaign. That's right. Bravo, Mr. Benson. Most courageous. <laughs> Also most foolhardy. I agree with Mr. Renton. Let's go ahead with the campaign. I don't know about that. What's that, Kent? I say let's drop the whole business. Why, what do you mean, Kent? Kent, you certainly don't mean you'd be willingly give up this campaign to break a crook like this as Attorney Parker? Why not, Chief? I'm a reporter, not a crusader. My job is to expose the news, not expose crooks. Now, you'll forgive my saying this, Your Honor, but if you yourself are afraid to support this campaign against Parker, well... Why should we risk our neck? But the mayor's thinking of his family, his wife and daughters, not himself. Well, that's so, but... Well, where are we without the mayor's support? I'll tell you where we are, Kent. If the mayor can't help us, then the governor can. Lois, you and I'll drive upstate tonight and see the governor first thing in the morning. I'll get action on this campaign if it's the last thing I do. Hello? Yes, this is District Attorney Parker. Who? Oh, hello, Lucky. Yeah? Now, wait a minute, Lucky. Yes, I know all about the story in the Daily Planet. 
Well, what can I do about it? What? Now, wait a minute, Lucky. Don't get tough with me. I... What? All right. All right. Goodbye. Oh, as if I could do anything to stop Remsen and quite not. Uh, come in, come in. Oh, who the devil... Close the door, Parker. Oh, the invisible man again. <laughs> Glad to see me, Parker. You've got a nerve showing... Well, not showing your face around here. Relax, Parker. You've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's what you said last time. And between then and now, two stories have been published in the Daily Planet. I know, but... There are no buts. Now, get this. I promised you a hundred grand to do this job. Fail me and you don't get a cent. Not one red cent. Listen to me, Parker. I've come to let you know that the campaign against you is as good as finished. I'll believe that when I read it in the papers. Or rather, when I don't read it. I mean what I say. The one man who's really bent on seeing you run out of office is Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet. The one way to stop this campaign is to get rid of Editor White. So what? What are you getting at? Tonight, White and Lois Lane are driving up to see the governor at the executive mansion. From the city to the governor's mansion is a trip of about 140 miles. I have so arranged it that something will happen to their car at exactly the hundredth mile. The hundredth mile? What have you done? Placed a bomb in the car? No, Parker. Nothing as crude as that. Oh, I get it. You're going to have a truck crash into them or something, huh? No. That might not succeed. The plan I have thought out cannot fail. When White and Miss Lane reach the hundredth mile of their trip, it will be the end of them and their campaign against you. Yes, but what have you done to the car? You'll have to wait and see, Parker. What time is it? It's uh, close to ten o'clock. Why? Ten o'clock. White and Lois Lane left about two hours ago. They should be nearing the hundred-mile mark of their trip right now. for your thoughts, Laws. What? Oh, I'm just thinking. About Kent? Yes. Funny, his acting the way he did, wanting to give up this campaign against Parker. Oh, he'd never been very courageous, but, well, well, I never thought he was that cowardly. Well, best forget it. Tired? A little. Say, you're certainly pushing this car along. Must be doing 70. Well, not much traffic on the highway this time of night. How far do we still have to go before we reach the executive mansion? About 40 miles, I'd say. Let's see. Yeah? It's a hundred-mile mark. It's just coming up. Another mile and a quarter, and we'll have covered exactly 100 miles. Another mile and a quarter, and our friends will reach the hundred-mile mark. What will happen? What has the Invisible Man done to Editor White's car? And will Superman be able to help Lois and White... Be sure to hear the next exciting episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. <laughs>